0: Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. For more information about Adventure Church, please visit our website at adventurechurch.tv. Now prepare your hearts for a message from God's Word. This week we are talking about how to stand in faith. Look at your neighbor and say, faith, faith, all right. Stand in faith, and you know what, basically what we're going to be talking about is waiting. Because really, when it comes down to it, the biggest test that our faith has for me at least, and I would imagine you'd agree with me, is when we have to wait on God for anything. When you pray and you pray and you pray and God does not seem to answer, when you need to have him step into a situation and he does not seem to be present and for daniel he's been waiting his whole life for the liberation of jerusalem jerusalem was overtaken and under siege um, by foreign enemy and as a result they the kings they were trying to force their people to serve their gods they tried to force daniel and his friends to pray to their gods and they resisted and the whole time he's waiting he's he's praying god would you liberate us god this is a good thing how many of us pray for selfish things i know that i do but here daniel is praying for a good thing the liberation of jerusalem we want to see the temple rebuilt so that we can worship you, God. And he's waiting, and the years are going by, the decades are going by, and in Daniel 10, we're going to pick it up in a little bit here, he receives a vision from God, and it's one of warfare and more hardship. It's going to get worse, and that's the end of the vision. And if I'm Daniel at that point, I'm like, um, like, Okay, there's more, right? Like, is this a double-sided DVD? Like, do I need to flip this over? Like, surely that's not the end of it. Because I've been waiting for decades, for years and years, for you to come and liberate us, God. And now, thank you, God. Thanks for speaking. But now you're telling me that it's going to get worse. How do we respond to that? Perhaps you uh, have been financially stressed, and God has been faithful, and he's provided for you month after month after month, but then you lose a source of income, and it's like, God, I feel like we're going in the wrong direction here. Maybe you've got some health issues, and you have faithfully given that over to God, and then you get another bad doctor's report. Where are you, God? This is, this is the direction that we're going. And, and Daniel's been faithful. God's shown up. I mean, over these years, I mean, he was thrown in the lion's den. God stepped there, shut the lion's mouths, turned them into purring little kittens. His friends get thrown into a fiery furnace. There, Jesus stepped into the furnace with them, Turned on the thermostat, said it's gonna be fine. So he's seen God provide, but you've gotta wonder at what point is Daniel just like, where is the light at the end of the tunnel? When is this going to end? I'm waiting, God. And so as we examine his response to this vision, my prayer is that this would be a message of hope to you who are waiting. I'm sure, if we're honest with ourselves, every single one of us has a prayer that's been unanswered, whether it's been for a day, a month, a year, or maybe it's been a few years, and it's stretched your faith, and your prayers aren't as confident as they were initially. And you're not as bold about it. And maybe you're just starting to question whether God cares or not. And this message is going to be for you. So let's pray and ask God to do just that. Father, we pray that you would encourage us this morning. God, we pray that your presence would fill this place. God, we need you to speak, not me. Lord, we need you to take this message, one word, God, and you alone can take it and speak to everybody in this room in a different way. That's the type of power we need in this moment. We lift you up. And everyone said, Amen. Let's dive right into Scripture here. If you've got your Bible or maybe you're on the Adventure Church app, it'll be up on the screen. Daniel 10, 1 through 3. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belteshazzar. Its message was true and it concerned great war, more hardship. The understanding of this message came to him in a vision. So again, it's not a double-sided DVD. That's all he gets. How do you respond? Here's Daniel's response. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. Daniel goes into 21 days of mourning. Uh, Intense prayer, so intense he's not eating, he's not even showering. Showering. Now, we all have different ways of seeking God, okay? And if that's your route, that's cool. We've got the live feed out in the cafe. Uh, Your neighbors might ask you to head back that way. But he he goes into mourning for 21 days, intensely seeking God so much that he's not eating, he's not showering. I just, God, there's got to be more here, God. I know that you're in control and I'm seeking you. But the thing that I want to point out real quick is that it says that he went into a time of mourning. Not simply prayer and fasting, we all do that. But for 21 days, he was grieved. He was in mourning. He was sad. And Daniel, unlike how I know I respond to things, instead of simply trying to change the way that he felt at that moment, he fixed his focus. I don't know about you, but when I am stressed out and worried, and this is going to sound silly, but I like to eat. Like, that's my initial response. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to feel stressed out. And a burger, at least for five minutes, is going to make me feel a little bit better about things. Trying to fix the symptom. Trying to fix the feeling. But my challenge to you this morning is to rather than try to change the way that you feel, fix your focus. Fix your focus instead of the way that you feel. And so Daniel, for 21 days, is seeking and mourning He's waiting on God to speak again, and finally, at the end of the 21 days, he sees a man. Now, this is not for sure, but many bibl- biblical scholars believe that this was, in fact, Jesus. This was a vision of the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ that came to him. And because we're in, Jesus, uh, we're in uh, church today, and it's Sunday, we're going to err on the side of Jesus. I've been taught that since I was a little kid. All right, if you don't know and you're not sure, err on the side of Jesus. When I was a little kid and we were doing, you know, pop quizzes, we're running through the uh, books of the Bible, Matthew, or rather, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, she stops on me, and I don't know, because I was flirting with the girls behind me, so I just come up with the most brilliant answer, and I just look at her and I say, Jesus. And I give her these eyes that say, tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) Tell me. So we're gonna err on the side of Jesus. Daniel 5 through seven, I looked up, And I saw a man dressed in linen clothing, with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning, and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze, and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Man, that sounds like Jesus. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. God sometimes has something just for you. The people around you aren't going to see it. They're not going to understand it. They're probably going to think it's weird. And here Daniel sees this vision of Christ... And they don't see it at all. Instead, they're kind of freaked out. Maybe by Daniel's response, I don't know. And they leave. And, and, and I don't know about you, but sometimes it's discouraging when people don't see things the way that we do. Maybe it's something simple as God spoke to me in a, in a Bible verse. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe like, your grace is like that. And I run you know, to a friend and I'm like, dude, check this verse out. This is crazy. Do you know what this means? And they look at you and they're like, man, that's That's cool. Did you want to go to Texas Roadhouse tonight? It's just like, no, like, don't you see it? Like, this is incredible. But don't be discouraged when people may not see what God spoke to you, but rather encourage that the God of the universe wants to speak just to you sometimes. Let's keep going. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. And here Daniel, this example of someone that has stood courageously for God time and time again, one of the godliest men in the Bible, is completely overwhelmed and broken by the presence of God so much that he is face down on the ground because of this vision of God. And I can't say that I've had this type of experience, but I can say that I have experienced God a few times that's been so powerful so overwhelming. One uh, specifically was when I was in Oklahoma, and um, it was the second week living there, and there was a prayer and worship night, and, and I'm just praying there, and God starts to first convict me about some things that were in my life that I wasn't handing over to him, and then immediately he starts to overwhelm me with his grace and mercy, and I just began to sob. I just begin to cry. I'm just overwhelmed in that moment, and this is going to sound trippy, but I mean, like, it was like an out-of-body experience. I felt like I couldn't even move. I was just so caught up in that moment, so caught up in what God was saying to me. And of course, you know, you get out into the lobby after the worship night, and your eyes are bloodshot, and people come up to you, and their initial response is, are you all right? Like, is, is everything okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I was just overwhelmed by what God was doing. No, really. Do we need to talk? Like, what's going on in your life? They didn't see it. And that might sound really crazy to you, especially if coming to church today was a stretch that God would reveal himself to you. But let me encourage and challenge you with this. The God that we believe, again, the God of the universe, he created everything. He created our bodies. He knows exactly how we were made, exactly how we operate. I have to believe, and I do believe, that he can speak in powerful ways, amazing ways, weird ways. The Bible says that the wisdom of God is folly to man. That people are going to look at it and be like, that's weird. That's weird. And yeah, it is weird, but it's also going to be the biggest encouragement to you, because that experience, that encounter God wants you to have, is going to do so much for your walk with Christ. And you may not know the Bible inside and out, You may not be able to answer all the questions that your family or your friends have about the Bible, and maybe they negate everything that you stand for and believe, but because of that encounter, you're able to say, listen, I don't know. I don't know all the answers. Man, that's a really good point. I've had personal conversations with atheists that run circles around me when it comes to biblical knowledge, and I'm like, man, that's crazy, you know, like, but at the end of the day, I'm like, man, there's one thing that you just can't deny. I've met him. I've encountered him. It was more than raw feelings, emotions, or what I ate that night. Like, it was real. It was God. He wants to encourage you. He wants to in, you to encounter him, but are you open to it? Are we open to God speaking to us in the way that he wants to? Daniel 10, 10 and 11, Just then I had a hand touch me and, and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and knees, And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God, so listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up and I was still trembling. Three things today that I'd love to encourage all of us to do when we are waiting on God, when our faith is being tested. We've got to remember three things. The first thing is that God cares more about you than you do. God cares more about you than you do. The first thing that Daniel hears, so for 21 days he's been waiting and finally gets this vision and then the voice, the man speaks, Jesus speaks, and the first thing that Jesus says to Daniel is not, you know, a further, you know, description of his plan. It wasn't like, hey, Daniel, sorry for cutting you off there. That was a horrible time to stop the vision. Things are going to get better. We good? No. The first thing that he hears is simply, Daniel, You're precious to God. Daniel, you matter to God. In other versions, it says, Daniel, you're highly esteemed. When our faith gets tested, when we start to wonder what's going on, isn't the first thing that we start to doubt is just our relationship with God? Where are you, God? Don't you even care? I'm waiting here, God. I've been so faithful to you, God. Don't you even care about me? And here, Jesus, the first thing he says is, I'm gonna change that whole feeling. You're precious to me. If you get one thing, Daniel, I just want you to know that as confusing as this may be and as, as stressful as this may be, please know you're precious to me. Matthew 7, 7 through 11 says, Keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking. And the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a, a snake? Of course not, if you're a good parent. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? I love this. You sinful people, you don't even know how to love right. You're imperfect. If you can give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father, the creator of love, give good gifts to you? And I'm, I'm not a parent, so I can't necessarily relate to this. I mean, I don't have kids. I would love to have kids. But I'm already starting to ask questions like, is it okay to leash my kids up in public or private? Like, is that Okay. Because I see kids running around in the mall, and and they're not even my kid. I'm like, don't touch that, don't touch that, don't touch that. Not your kids, of course. And I'm like, my goodness, it's going to start with a leash, and it's going to end up being a shock collar. Heel, (laughs) heel boy. (laughs) And he's saying, you don't even know how to love, so in comparison to you, how much more will your heavenly Father that created love be able to give you good gifts. When our faith is being tested and our prayers become weaker, we start to think of God differently. We start to, you know, I almost imagine it as like you walk into your dad's office as a little kid and he's frantically working and you've got to ask him a question and you you kind of creak the door open. Hey dad, what? What is it? I've only got a couple minutes. Hey dad, can you do this? That's so not how God responds to us. I was blessed to have a, a wonderful dad and he uh, always, always made time for me. I mean, the dude works like 12 to 15-hour days, owning his own landscaping company, working out in the extreme heat. And then he gets home, 5, 6 o'clock, doesn't even have time to change, and he's running us to soccer practice. He's running us to some school function. Comes back home, barely has time to eat, and then he's got to run back out, get us, pick us up, bring us back home. It's 9 o'clock. The one thing that my dad wants to do is watch TV And, of course, right at that moment, there's little Jake bringing up his algebra homework. Hey, Dad, can you help me? And never once was my dad like, dude, give me a minute. Like, don't you understand? I've been so busy today. Give me a few minutes. But rather, my dad, yeah, yeah, what do you need help on? Now, he had some incentive. He was paying for private education, so he needed to get a return on his reward. You know, so, but that's how God wants us to trust and believe he wants to respond to us. The second thing that we've got to remember is that God is doing more than you understand. Daniel 10, 12 through 13. Then he said, Don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day, look at your neighbor and say, First day. First day, you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God. Your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Daniel's been praying for 21 days. He's not eating. He's not showering. After the first day, his stomach is growling. He's getting headaches. Because he needs to eat some manna or whatever they ate back in those days. And nothing. No vision. Not a word from God. Day number two. Nothing. Day number three, four, five, six. And it's a week. And it's two weeks where are you, God? And he sees absolutely nothing. And again, I would imagine that in a room this size with many people, there are some of us that have been praying for something to change in our lives, and it's not happening. And you started praying so confidently, oh God, I I, I entrust this to you. This is in your hands, and although you've laid it in his hands, you're not seeing his fingerprints on the situation. So it's like, okay, um, I'm going to keep trusting, keep trusting, and he's not answering. He's not showing up. God, aren't you doing anything? Where are you, God? And yet, here Jesus says, the very first time that you prayed, I heard you. The very first time. Not after a week of hearing your complaining. The very first time I heard your prayer, and I was on my way to you, but I got caught up. The spirit prince and what many scholars believe was a demonic force came against him to hold him back. And Jesus said, I got held up, and for 21 days I battled him. And then I called for a little bit of reinforcement, got Michael there, and said, hey, you take care of this, i got to get to Daniel. So he gets to Daniel, and he says, I'm here now to answer your prayer. And again, this is some crazy stuff. Welcome to Adventure Church. This is some crazy stuff. Demonic forces, is holding us. But the Bible says that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against evil principalities and rulers. that There's things going on that we can't see or understand. Don't email me or ask me about it because I don't know. But here, the written word of God is saying that there's more happening than you see. God's doing more than you know. And just because... It appears that God isn't doing anything. It does not mean that he's not doing something. The first time that you prayed about that relationship, he heard you and he started working. The first time you started to pray about your health, he heard you and he's working. The first time you started praying about all those financial struggles, he heard you, he's working. But we're not always gonna see his ways right away. That'd be awesome. I personally would be so down if the first time I prayed, he just gave me a little glimpse, just a little bit, God, to tide me over, just show me, like, just throw a couple more bucks in my bank account, and I'll be like, i believe in. I'm going to keep believing, Lord. I'm gonna keep on receiving. Just give me a little bit. But many times, our faith is getting stretched, and God's working, and there's an, an evil force that's working against him, and he's battling on our behalf. Just because it appears that Jesus isn't doing anything, it does not mean That he's not doing something. The third thing today God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. We have got to remember that. Daniel 10 17 through 19. How can someone like me, Daniel's talking here, your servant, talk to you, O Lord? My strength is gone. I can hardly breathe. Then the one who looked like a man touched me again. And I felt my strength returning. Don't be afraid, he said, for you are very precious to God. Again, esteeming Daniel. Don't forget, Daniel. No matter what, you're precious to God. No matter what, you matter. Please believe me on this. Peace, be encouraged, be strong. Our strength is made perfect in his weakness, or our strength is made perfect when we're in our weakest points. Our strength lies 100% solely in God. But many times, if you're like me and you're hard-headed, it takes me reaching my weakest spot to get that. It takes me getting all the way up to the edge of myself, exhausting all of my personal options to change the situation. It takes me hitting rock bottom sometimes to all of a sudden realize, oh man, you're right, God. You're, you're right. It's in you. And here Daniel, is saying, how do I even pray to you? I've been fasting, I'm physically weak. Now I'm overtaken by your very presence. How can I even talk to you? And Jesus puts his hand on him and says, be strong. You're precious to God. Peace. And in that moment, Daniel realizes, that's right, my strength is in you, God. But Daniel still poses the question. And some of us are afraid to ask the tough questions to God. And I feel sometimes like God is just waiting for you to ask the tough questions. Where are you, God? God, do I matter to you? I'm helpless here, God. I'm weak here. And when we hit that point, all of a sudden, God starts showing up. Yeah, yeah, you are pretty helpless without me, but I'm going to make my strength perfect in your weakness. For me, um, the last six, seven months, and this is going to be completely minor compared to what so many people deal with, but um, I have felt as if my body is shutting down, breaking apart, and that is very dramatic, all right? It's not that bad. But I've had some shoulder problems, I've had some knee problems, and I love to work out. And, and so those have hindered me from doing something that I love. I mean, I really love to work out. And I'm on the phone after I got an MRI on my shoulder, and I'm on the phone with a friend. I kind of talk through him. And he's like, man, it sounds like surgery. It sounds like that's going to be your route. I mean, you're looking at anywhere between three and, and six months. And I get off the phone, and this is me com- being completely vulnerable with you. And I start to just cry. I'm like, why is this happening? why, God? Like, I don't want to go through this. I don't don't want to get surgery. Sure as heck don't want to pay for it. God, where where are you? Why is this happening? And I start to question the situation, and then the enemy steps in and starts throwing a a couple more questions my way. Oh my goodness, like, where's my faith? Look at me. I'm crying because I can't work out. Cry me a river, Jake. What I'm not, do I believe, and believe what I preach? Do I even trust you, God? Because here I am, I'm getting broken down by this and, I, and I'm, I'm just, I'm overtaken by this. God, I'm so weak. I'm so helpless, God. Would you step into this situation, God? Would you step into this and, and have this, God? Because I can't do anything about it. I can't fix it. I can't fix my body. God, would you step into it? And in my weakest spot, God starts to provide strength, and I I didn't get miraculously healed. My shoulder's still shot, but God, over the next few days, not immediately, mind you, starts to reconfirm my faith in him, starts to strengthen me. It's going to be okay. Get over it, dude. Pull it together. God's in control. God created my body. He'll take care of it. And then you start, God starts filling you with even more strength, and you start praying stuff like, I know that this serves a purpose, God. I know that there's a purpose here, and I can't see it. I don't feel it, but I believe, God, that you have a reason why you're allowing me to go through this. And again, my situation is so minor to what some of you are going through. Such serious things where you're praying for a miracle, and your health issues are maybe far worse, and it's just like, God, where are you? Get to that weakest spot. Just admit it. You can't do anything about it. Admit it. Your faith is weak. But with open hands, just say, God, would you just begin to strengthen me? I believe that there's some people that are are trying to start a family and it's just not happening. And you, again, so boldly praying to God about it, so boldly, confidently giving it to God. He'll provide. He'll provide, and it's not getting better, and you keep waiting. Where are you, God? Where are you? This is a good thing that we want. Again, Daniel was praying for a good thing. This isn't a selfish thing that he wanted. This was a good thing, God. This is a good thing. Don't you want us to have this? God, you said that you're a good father. This is a good thing. Don't you want us to have this? I want to challenge you when your faith is being tested. First, know that you're precious to God. Know that you matter more than anything. He's invested in us. If you're saved today and you know God, He's put His Holy Spirit in you. That's pretty cool. That's an investment. He's not going to bail out on you. And when you think that He's not doing anything, He's doing something. He's Working his way towards you. And lastly, getting to that point of weakness. Where it brings us to the point where we're like, man, I'm helpless and I'm hopeless. And nobody wants to say that. Men and women alike. No one wants to say, I'm weak. I'm not good at this. I'm not strong. And yet that's the key to God's strength. The band's going to come on up as we close out here. Paul, in Corinthians, talks about a situation he was dealing with where he says there was this thorn in his side. And it's described as another like, demon, demonic force that's coming against Paul. And he keeps on praying. He keeps on praying, God, would you please you know, just remove this. And for the sake of, you know, yourself, like, you don't have to imagine a demon coming against you, but imagine stress, imagine worry, imagine hardship in your own situation. And you're praying, and the first time you pray, God answers and says, man, keep waiting, because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And the second time, Paul prays, God, would you just take care of this? It's hindering me, God. Paul was one of the greatest apostles, the preachers of the word. God, it's keeping me from preaching for you. Would you take care of it? be patient. My strength is made perfect in your weakness, Paul. The third time, praise it again and again. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. And finally, Paul gets it. And he ends up saying, now I boast about my weaknesses. I boast about them. I'm not going to try to claim to be something that I'm not. I'm not going to try to pretend that I've got it all together, but rather I boast in my weaknesses, because then the power of God can work. That's the word can, not will or might, but can, as in our weakest spot empowers. It opens the door for God's strength to step in and make a difference in your life. Stop trying to pretend that everything's okay, stop trying to fix the feelings and the symptoms but rather fix your focus on God. And I wish I could tell you that some of you who are just, your, your heart is just wrenched and it, it's broken for something. I wish I could say, hey, as soon as you start praying, you're gonna feel better because that's not the case at all, a lot of times. A lot of times your feelings are gonna negate everything that's going on. I'm a very emotional guy, very emotional, to a fault. And most of the time, my feelings and my emotions do not agree with what God is doing when I'm stressed out and I'm worried. I want to change that. Stop trying to pretend.